two but i feel like last week's episode it was like a two out of ten so um let's fake it till you make it i guess so uh oh po boys 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 i'm pete that you are. And this this um, little curmudgeon is Josh. Um, I'm a big curmudgeon. What are you even talking about? This this is our episode this week. Um, we had one of the hottest mm-hmm. episodes last week, but uh, a lot of people could tell that we were not locked in. And never have we had a more relevant episode. Yeah, because it was the hottest of takes. It was very break news and a less enthusiastic episode. Which is actually probably not even true. I'm sure there are other unenthusiastic ones. Pete's got busy weekends, so I'm recording, you know. So and it's you know, a work night evening, you know. Oh yeah. Tuesday. I mean, Ugh. this is Tuesday night. Yeah. We're okay. we're coming at the end of the pandemic, not in terms of like what's Water happening evening. in the United States, oh. but in terms of the summer. Um, we were so bored during the pandemic, like we record episodes in advance. Like sometimes we record like on a Friday or a Thursday, these all come out Thursday. Um, but now we're just two busy, busy boys. Um, well, you are John. No, I mean, Josh, you got, um, you recently are improving your body. Um, let's not, let's not go into <laughs> I was wondering what you were going to say. Yeah. I'm not going to say any more than that, but. Um, uh-huh. it, it's not steroids, um, but it's it's kind of something. It, I mean, it is steroids. Yeah, but not the steroids that you're thinking of. That <laughs> it's being cheating and stuff. Um, basically, Josh's body. Okay, and I. Mm-hmm. This happens to me. Mine's next month. We work. <laughs> we we work out so much that our physical bodies cannot keep up. So we actually right. like. Most people that take steroids, they need the bump. Um, mm-hmm. We needed to stay where we're at. Like we needed. To, right. we, we actually are steroids for us are like a calming. Yeah, and not to say like that it brings our body back down. Not to you say know, like after you lift, you get the pump. Mm-hmm. And you talk about the pump. Like our pump is always there, though. It never. Yeah. We have to artificially calm it down right um because the human body we push it past the human condition both mm-hmm. mentally as you listen to with this podcast and yeah. physically and with with these steroid injections so right. um you know we are feeling i know josh you're feeling a little bit loose um i'm a little tight before my steroid injection but you know oh, yeah. it is what it is um, I got one bit of news, and then let's Great. get into the nitty gritty details of this episode. Um, yeah. are we talking? Are we talking Emmys? Is that your bit of news? Oh, those happened. Oh boy, go ahead and give your bit of news. Oh, I was just saying, as soon as I, I so I edited the podcast last week. As soon as I hit submit, um, there was just these ro- um, squadron trailers that we had not talked about. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't feel like watching it. 
Oh, really? Okay. Um, <laughs> it's like an animated trailer for Squadron. Yeah, and right? it's it, the first one. I didn't watch the first one, so this is just great coverage. The first one mm-hmm. is um, the Rebel Alliance. The second one is the Empire. And the second mm-hmm. one, which is this, um, I would say, Asian, Asian character, um, kind of, if you remember... Oh my gosh, what's his name? He's he's like the head of the others and lost. Um, ben. Not Ben. The 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 Asian character. He has like a ponytail wrapped in the in the head back. Of the um. All right, this is a deep cut that nobody's gonna go. Anyway, he's an Asian character. Um, he's a Tie Fighter, and he's basically in a dogfight, loses, and then like is like trying to, he gets in another dogfight with an X-Wing and it goes through this character. So like, I believe that's the character when you choose the empire. And then there's a character when you choose the rebel Alliance. Um, none of it. Well, so my understanding based on watching some gameplay, um, videos is that you, you create the protagonist is, uh, you create that character. It's you like you, you have a, I like that a lot, but I would imagine Similar to, like, Pokemon, where, like, you create the character, but you essentially are red or are blue, and then you have to make modifications. That's probably what they're going to give you, is they give you a character, then you make the changes. Josh? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, (laughs) I know that your battery life is so low. (laughs) I'm at 6%, because now I've had to go online to look up the Emmys. Um... Yeah, so the Emmys... Like the Mandalorian one. The Emmys happened, um, and the Mandalorian won Best Soundtrack? It won, yeah, so... Yeah, it won Outstanding Music Composition for a Series, Original Dramatic Score for Ludwig Gornson, which is, which is great. Um, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross also won for Score for Watchmen. I guess that was for a miniseries or a different category, so I'm just saying... Trent Reznor of Nine Inch Nails is very close to an EGOT, and I cannot wait for the Nine Inch Nails musical. 6%, Josh, come on. Um, Mandalorian also won the Outstanding Stunt Coordination for Drama Series, Limited Series, or Movie. So that's something. And then they also won five um, Creative Arts Emmys. Oh, no, this is, okay, I have it. So, yeah, those two. And then the creative arts emmys won outstanding cinematography for a single camera series half hour for chapter seven outstanding production design obviously for a narrative program half hour chapter one outstanding sound editing for a comedy or drama series so just put series right Uh, Mm -hmm. and animation chapter one outstanding sound mixing for chapter two and outstanding special visual effects for chapter two so basically it got every single applicable award that it could for the new technology that it employed with the Mandalorian. Probably. I don't remember all the nominations. I think it got 15 nominations. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, it deserves it, right? Like we've watched that documentary and just how insane it goes into it. Of like, they are actually in the, what do they call it? They use that stupid term. I forget what it was. The, 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 not the blank. I don't know. We're at, we're probably at 5%. Um, the room with the screen? No, they kept calling it. They had like a specific name for it. Right. 
Yeah, I don't remember. Um, I probably got it tucked away somewhere in my uh, in my. Oh, notes. that's definitely like a twenty minutes from now. You're gonna remember. Um, yeah. So that's cool. What the heck was recap Arama. Oh right. Um. Re- All right. I guess you don't remember July. Um. <laughs> so those are big. Um. We're gonna get into the fastest transition to our our podcast probably ever. Maybe episode nine um, reaction, but probably not. So this week we are going to do a book boys, book 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 boys, um, on the rise of Kylo Ren, which um issue one through four. Yeah, I mean the whole the trade paperback of the collected limited series is a four issue limited series. Um, the first issue came out the day that rise of skywalker premiered or no the day before that wednesday uh so i assume this series then probably wrapped up sometime in march um this trade paperback i think came out sometime in late july okay and we are talking about it now and you read it once over the course of 15 minutes yeah, I'm a, uh, and I read it once when it came out, but I have it here with me. I am a fast reader and a fast talker, and I lift weights so, so fast, you might not even see it. So, and that is the Team Pete shirt. <laughs> don't, get, don't, don't tempt me for getting Team Pete, Team Josh shirts on the Poe Boys Etsy account. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so. The Team Josh shirt is just, and Queel! Mm, yeah, that's that's about right. So, yep, call back to last week. So, so going into this, Rise of Kylo Ren. This is, so I was always a little ambivalent about this because there are certain moments within the Star Wars continuity, like things that we know happened and that are alluded to. Like for a long time, for me, the big one was the Battle of Mandalore. It was this huge event that we saw the space around, and we saw it echo into other things that we were privy to. But we never actually saw the Battle of Mandalore. And for a very long time, I was concerned. And I love comics. I have a bookshelf in our new home that it's impossible to make look classy because it's just a bunch of freaking comic books. Love comic books. But there's certain stories that I, I don't necessarily want to experience it in a comic book. I think perhaps because a comic book and a book, they're both more um, limited collaborations. I, mean, I don't know. That's not a insults or whatever but i think the thing i love about star wars is how many people are collaborating to bring it together mm-hmm. i don't know i'm not going to analyze that right now but I, I was very nervous for a long time that the battle of mandalore was a story i was going to have to experience through comics and get a medium i love but for whatever reason just there's these similar events that i really want to see on screen i think and so when they announced that they were doing a rise of Kylo Ren comic that was covering kind of the fall of ben solo um that to me was like I don't know. That was something I was hoping to see in one form or another on screen. And I'm not convinced that we won't. And that this book is not going to be retconned out of existence within the next five to ten years. But we'll see. Um, so it has is a big task. And Charles Soule is a great writer. Uh, he's contributed some cool stuff to the Star Wars continuity. His Darth Vader series is really good. He's writing the main Star Wars book right now. He wrote a very cool Lando miniseries. But, I mean, he really had his work cut out with him for him with with this um and so the tasks here to my mind are how best to turn to the dark side and who or what are the knights of ren 
Um, and so, yeah, I don't how how successful do you think it was at these two things, Pete? The turn and the rise of Kylo Ren. So I was actually surprised. I thought there was going to be more of this. So you're saying mm-hmm. that this they're not expanding to like a issue, issue yeah. five? Interesting. Yeah, this was awful. Mm-hmm. Um, oh gosh. <laughs> yeah, it was really bad. Yikes. Um, and granted, like we don't get to the point where I would say that the workaround to like show this in a TV or movie is we don't get the build up to him wanting to take out Kylo or Ben in that second. So like there's still some maneuverability right. if they want to, you know, speak true to this comic. Um, but this is, mm-hmm. this is, a- yeah, we should say this, this starts, we have a brief flashback that introduces the Knights of Ren. And then, I mean, we don't calling it the turn is, is, is ambitious because it, the first we see of Ben Solo, the temple is already on fire. Yeah. Like the flashback we see in last Jedi has already occurred. This is the immediate. Action. Yeah. So it does not provide context of like, you know, did Ben and Luke really butt heads enough for this? Blah, blah, blah. Like, was there, you know, is there a scene where Luke looked into him and saw this? We don't see, you know, Ben meeting Kyle, uh, Ben meeting Snoke for the first time. Um, This is a thing in culture and for Star Wars that because we're connected to Twitter now, like I never used to care about um, Twitter for Star Wars. I was only politics and sports. But, like, this was spoiled for me months ago. Like, somebody posted the picture. It's the same thing with the spoiler for Episode Nine, the book explaining Palpatine, yeah. right? Like, I, And I guess we should say spoilers for this if you intend to read it. Don't. It sucks. Um, but... <laughs> and I only say that, like, I enjoyed it, but then I, I thought there was more. So, mm. is that the mark of a good comic? I'm going to say no. Because I want to know more about these characters, and I want more explanation to go into it. So, the turn for Kylo, I think they did a terrible job. Um, I kind of am inclined to agree, and my big issue with it is, we get him later in the first issue, I believe. We have him coming out of the ruins of the hut where he and Luke have their skirmish. And then... He's just standing there, and giant lightning comes out of the sky and destroys everything. And he is blameless, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or he called down lightning, but it's presumed... And, and it's part of this weirdo campaign of redeeming Ben Solo and making him, like, totally irresponsible. Like, free of responsibility, totally abdicating him of any wrongdoing and turning to the dark side, I guess is the narrative that I'm getting from it. And it also, it's, they never explain it. Like, I guess it's Snoke blew up the thing. It's Snoke's lightning. I don't know. And it's why, why introduce that? Why introduce that nuance that is so weird and obtuse and just obfuscates and overcomplicates the story even more than it already has been made by episode nine. And, I that irked me a lot. That's my biggest issue. I mean, I with this. I feel story. like they did a good job of when the Jedi are hunting him and he doesn't want to kill them. The conflict that is like a trait of Kylo Ben Ben Solo. 
Yeah, but see, even with that, they're like, oh, he kills one of them, but it's an accident. He had, you know, and it... Right. I get that. I, 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 find, I find that to be average to okay. Like, I accept it. The lightning is so bad, right? Like, all, so all you bad, can do, man. like, it's so easy to explain this, right? Luke, in a moment of weakness, is like, he gets his lightsaber out. Right, because he is so invested in this, we don't know why he's so invested in it, but we can imagine, you know, watching him through four, five, six, and then Kylo does what he does, Ben does what he does, and then he is so conflicted with the light in the dark, or the dark overcomes him so much he can't sense Luke. Right, like that. Maybe that's mm-hmm. a new explanation. Like once, like maybe Luke's life force is so low that he thinks that Luke's dead. Maybe um, there's this huge conflict of, like, um, Snoke, Palpatine pushing him so far to the dark, and he still is, like, wanting to go towards the lights that it just confuses everything. And then they explore a little bit more of, do these two opposing powers of the Force, light and dark, um, messed with your ability to do senses? I can be convinced that that would be an easy way to explain all of this. This nonsense, yeah. They touch on Luke's presence a little bit because, so, I mean, again, one of the few things we know about this night from Last Jedi is Luke says he and a handful of my students disappeared or whatever. But here we just see, we only see Ben alone and everything on fire. So who knows how many people are being burned alive in there. We never see any of them. Um, And then three other Jedi, who I guess we're supposed to believe are peers of his, but all look significantly older for various reasons, um, they show up and they make a comment that they can't sense Luke either. One of them says something along the lines of like his, his presence is usually like a song in the force or something like that. And so it's something's going on on Luke's end. Okay, so... Because it's not just he that, him that can't tell. It's these three other Jedi. And well. it could be, you know, him starting the trend of, you know, he doesn't feel like he's worthy, he wants to move away, whatever. Um... The other thing that really irks me about this is that Ray connecting to the Force from Force Awakens and Luke mm-hmm. touches R2-D2. We see the burning. Mm-hmm. We see that guy with the cool hat, which looks like um, Endo's hat. Yes? Yeah, but also sort of looks like the hats of whoever he's killing on Mustafar in the beginning of Episode Nine. Oh, you know what? We don't have time for this. All right. Um, interesting. No. Well, hold on. I'm at 5%. Oh, okay. 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 Let's explore that a little bit. Um, that, I've never thought about that. I've always thought of that as yeah. a, not a premonition, but looking into the past. Um, we don't see Kylo be the one that kills. We just see a red lightsaber. But we now know the, Ky- the Knights of Ren. Yeah, it has to be, be- it has to be Kylo. Because the Knights of Ren don't eradicate the jedi like we you know kept thinking the whole time huh yeah but we don't know that that guy that he's killing in the vision is a jedi because i don't think they have a lightsaber no but and this would be a justification to talk about ben and ray's connection so Mm. why would they get a future force premonition but then also luke touching r2 in the past um huh interesting i yeah i don't know 
that's you know, there's a lot of that going around in this. Um, so I I really didn't care for that. Again, it's there's this weird absolution of any wrongdoing on Ben Solo's part between some of the stuff in this book and then ultimately in episode nine, and it gives us as an audience an out to root for the character, but it also I think does away with some really interesting potential storytelling where he and the people who do care for him have to reckon with him being complicit in blowing up planets and enslaving children. Now let's but it's like, well, yeah, but he didn't actually blow up the Jedi temple and he disappears. The force goes in the end. And, and I mean, to be fair, it's the same sort of reckoning we never get with Anakin either. And this is also probably unfair for us to put all of this on a four-issue comic book. Oh, and I'm yeah. not. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. I, I, don't, I don't lay the blame here at all. Yeah. So, your first, um, so to your first point, do they do a good job of, you know, providing more context to Kylo's turn? No. Um, the second part of exploring more about the Knights of Ren... Um, Mm -hmm. I just, no, I don't think that they, I, I I think this comic does, I would honestly, I think would be better for Disney and star Wars is to do a Knights of Ren comic book series. And each Mm -hmm. issue is explaining a different Knights of Ren and how they got added. That would like, you know, that's like, there's like nine of them or whatever. And each of them are from a different Six. six, six, seven. Each of them are from, you know, presumably different worlds. They all have different weapons. They all have different skills from the visual dictionary. Um, (laughs) You know, there's no there's no Uh, like financial reason, right? Like they're not in video games or anything yet where um, like I think they did a real miss in terms of Disney wanting to make money of not further expanding the Knights of Ren. But I didn't think that they did a good job. Well, I hear that they're in litigation with Slipknot right now over the Knights of Ren, and they have to kind of trade. Everybody knows Slipknot has some of the best corporate attorneys. You you joke, but talk to Burger King. Um, um, another time. So, yes, yes, but that's a thing. Look it up. Uh, I I found so obviously. To become the master of the Knights of Ren, as we he is when we meet him, clearly he uh, kicks somebody else to the curb. So we meet the original guy who's in charge of Ren. Um, he's just called Ren, which is okay. And then he refers to the Force, though, also as Ren. I don't know. But, uh, it was just clunky mm-hmm. or weird to me. That said... Other than that, I find him an interesting character. They seem like a weird sort of evil Big Lebowski biker gang. Like sort of biker hippies for the devil. Like if you can be a hippie but also evil, which I'm sure someone out there has figured out. I mean, They try to like add a sense of brutality to them, but it just comes across as being Mm -hmm. funny. Because it's just, they're so bad. Like, because you know that they get mm. demolished in, like, 15 seconds of cutscenes. Um, mm-hmm. But this comic also provides background, like, the Knights of Ren at no point were, like, you know, an elite fighting force that could take on somebody right. like Luke. 
and Ben mm-hmm. is, you know, maybe not the same level or, you know, could be. Um, so it, could, it explains why he had such an easy time with all of those. Plus, they're all people that have some force sensitivity, but not enough to be like full. It's it, I, it, it makes me feel like they're Inquisitors light. And yeah, I mean, because Inquisitors have, or at least some of them had some sort of Jedi background. These guys just seem like. Yeah. And the interesting thing is, we do, so this is exploring like a cult, um, and just a subset of the Force that we have not seen before. Kind of like Clone Wars tried to do with the um, Night Sisters, and then there's that one. That weird Jar Jar Binks Mace Windu episode. Was that the Night Sisters too, or was that a different cult? I forget. Yeah, it was Night Okay, there's one other one that I think they explored, but um, that's I'm I'm um, getting sidetracked. We do know that the Knights of Ren were in the outer rim where Exegol is, or it's like near that. So they were operating in an area outside the. They were in the fringes of society, basically. So it is kind of interesting mm-hmm. to... It's it's kind of like the villains in a Western. Like, they're this group of... Yeah. Bandits. bandits. Um, we just never get to who the sheriff is, other than Ben in that 15-second part of Episode Nine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, they... I really want to see the Knights of Ren in the Mandalorian. Okay. Yeah. Like I want to. I want to see them pop up again. I find them compelling. I think there's probably a more interesting treatment of them I, than we get. I just here. each time I think about the Knights of Ren and the Mandalorian, every example I can think of, I absolutely hate because they all involve. Yeah, but you're not very creative. Are you serious? Why would you say something like that? Like we we don't. Why are you shooting down my ideas, Pete? What? I'm like, oh, I'm excited for this thing. I think this could be cool. And then you're like, there was no conceivable way that that would be anything but stupid. I don't remember any of that, and my voice is a lot deeper than that. So thank you for that. No conceivable way that could be anything but stupid. Closer. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I just I think I'm little looking, Yanni's gonna get killed. Look, That's just what I, I I don't I don't know. And I don't uh, I don't uh, want little Yanni to get killed, so I don't wanna see No, I think little Yanni's gonna join. <laughs> I think little Yanni's one of the people that Pencil kills in end of episode nine. I think it's a shorter one of the shorter nights of Ren has Yanni on his shoulders. Oh, I disagree. I think it's a men in black situation where it's one of the tiny aliens and little Yanni Uh, is in one of them and he has like a robot, which is something we have not seen in star Wars outside of that terrible drone droids arc. Um, there's the bounty hunters episode. One of the bounty hunters is a little alien in a big robot. Okay. Yeah, that's definitely a, it's just a, a trope episode. of science fiction in Aliens, but Star Wars doesn't really lean into yeah. that. Interesting. So here I am looking at the end of the fourth issue, and they have this one one of the three Jedi pupils chasing after Ben after he does all this. Seems to be the one who is closest with him. 
the bald uh, one, the Mace Windu's, yeah, like, redheaded stepchild. Yeah. Yeah. Even even here, he's giving it out, and Ben doesn't kill him. The Ren kills him. And then eventually, the end, the third one, he does actually wind up stabbing. But I will say, I suspect somewhere out there, the Raylos are obviously, you know, the majority of the herd. Uh, I couldn't help but pick up on some potential deeper-than-friendship vibes between these two characters. They seem to have a sort of emotional connection. Um, I could I could see somebody shipping these two characters somewhere out there in a, in a distinct minority of the Star Wars fandom that read and liked this book and um, wanted it explored further. Mm-hmm. Uh, Snoke's dumb hat. We haven't really touched on that. In the first issue, further just infuriating. What even... So... Like, Snoke can read everybody's mind. Right, yeah. But then Palpatine's like, I created Snoke. But Palpatine can't read everybody's mind. Um... Anyway, I... It's... I can't right now. But when... And after Ben Solo flees Luke's temple, he goes to Snoke, and Snoke is in this weird giant glass arboretum mm-hmm. in space, which is cool. But then inside, he is wearing um, just the most horrible, horrible outfit. And there's a comment made by Ben Solo when he sees Snoke here. Snoke, look what Master Luke did to you upon seeing his appearance. But then, of course, in episode nine, it's like, well, Snoke always looks like that. He's some stupid, stupid, stupid clone thing. Um, I don't know. They hug. It's clear that they're close. The background isn't clear. I don't know. It's, it just seems like my reservations about having this story told in this format were shared by other people in the Star Wars powers mm-hmm. that be. And that they didn't want this story fully told. And there were huge elements of it that need to be told for it to make sense. That they were like, no, this isn't the place for that. But if if you're not going to give us some of this information, you shouldn't you shouldn't tell a story, I don't think. I think I think that's a good take. I think this should have been a miniseries about the Knights of Ren. I, I would agree with that. The best version of this story is maybe Bensel has already fallen and he's established with the first order whatever and him setting out to take control of the knights of ren and and that is or, it and i think that there's a that story could have been more compelling and would have required less mytho shattering information mm-hmm. that disney would be stingy about i just wish that they kind of danced around it a little bit more like you're saying of like i would have been perfectly happy with you have those three jedi and you show the scene of them being killed, so like um, retcon them all to you know die from Ben, and then each one is his connection with that those Jedi. So it explains more of the Academy. Maybe you get into a little bit of the darkness of Ben, and then you kind of move from there. Um, I just felt myself like I until you had told me that the series is over, I was a lot kinder <laughs> to this because I was like, oh, I'm gonna get more information. That's completely fine. Now that yeah, it's like yeah. a standalone piece, it is absolute trash. Right. Oh, boy. <laughs> I enjoyed reading it. Um, I mean, I will say, so 
I read this shortly before you and I had hung out and played Pod Racer. And around that time, I was like pretty much done with Star Wars. I just wasn't interacting mm-hmm. with it that much. And I will say, like reading this book um, definitely helped reinvigorate my excitement, like for the, the characters in the world. In between, like reading this and then watching or playing Pod Racer, you know, I ultimately wound up rewatching all nine of those or eleven now of those movies and and going pretty deep into Star Wars again for a month mm-hmm. or so there. So it's, there's certainly something here for Star Wars fans, but I don't, it just, if they're going to tell this story, I wish they would have told the story, you know, and they don't, and it, the wrinkles it adds to what we already know are frustrating and yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, I think my review on Goodreads was yeah, right, I'm going to give you my review of this without you having to listen to my stupid podcast. Yep. So if you follow me on Goodreads and you're listening to this, gotcha! Uh, but I think I gave it like three out of five. It's not bad. I mean, I don't really know uh, how you measure... I don't read comics, so like... Um, I don't know. I wouldn't... It, it would be... I can't I can't give a proper rating, yeah, you know. I mean, you rate it like you rate anything else, you know? Oh, um, I liked it. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, <laughs> you know. Not, you yeah, I'm not gonna. Cetera. I'm not gonna read it again. Um, and I'm, I was just disappointed that no. this isn't a TV show. I think that it's prime for animation, but um, I cannot believe. Yeah. You know what? Um, what's your battery at? Um, two percent. But you know, I'm I'm not looking at anything. Um, We're good. I cannot believe we still have not gotten any information about an animated show yet. Bad Batch. Uh, absent Bad Batch. Bad Batch <laughs> is not interesting to me. Yeah. Ugh. I guess we can't we can't just be bad boys. Batch boys. Boy Batch. Batch boys. Oh. I guess it'd be because you got to keep with the. So it'd be Echo Boys. Echo Boys is fine. I mean, it has to be right. You got to stick with the O's. So. Um, that is the one, right? Echo. But he's not going to be in it because Echo dies. Who's the one that joins Bad Batch? Um, Echo does Spoilers. join Bad Batch. Fives is oh, Fives is the one. Yeah. Spoilers. That dies so voice. finding out all that information. Echo. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a freaking Echo voice. I'm just a little hesitant about, like, I think Echo could be killed or not in it very quickly. But, um. Doesn't all right. Matter. If he dies, then we'll just transition to talking about Echo the Dolphin video game series. Oh. Um. I'm uh, not down for that. So, all right. Doesn't matter. I would say though, like there are there are certain um, Star Wars comics that I really, really strongly recommend. Like some that are just like five issue, like short one and done, uh-huh. like this. Like I mentioned, Charles Soule's Lando series. This guy Colin Bunn did a five issue mm-hmm. Darth Maul series that takes place prior to Phantom Menace. That one's fantastic. Um, Kelly Thompson did a series about Captain Phasma that takes place in the immediate aftermath of Episode Seven. So there. There's a lot of Star Wars comics that if someone came to me and was like, hey, I really like Star Wars, I'm trying to get more, you know, what would you recommend that I would very quickly 
point out, and th this is not this is not that. This is more, I think, if you're if you're already like deep into it, or like you're reading the books, or you have some familiarity with the the EU beyond Clone Wars and Rebels, and you're you know pretty into all that, then I would say that it is worth a read. Well, the other thing, but if you're someone who's about to get frustrated by the mythos and ambiguity and things being more obfuscated than they were when you started. It, you know, maybe just don't. Boy, can it. I relate the frustration. I would say that the other thing too, <laughs> on those episode, those comics that you recommended is you don't have the same emotional attachment. Cause like Lando, you have like, mm -hmm. you know, nine, seven minutes of total screen time. Phasma is like 30 seconds. Um, so it provides stuff to characters that you don't have a huge emotional investment with. If that's not your favorite character with Kylo, there's so much writing more on this. And I just think that it was a swing and a miss and a bad miss at that. Hmm. Well, and I, but seeing the thing I would argue, and I think part of the reason I talk about like, Oh, there's these certain stories. I hope I don't have to read in a comic is because again, I love comics, but part of my attachment to Kylo Ren isn't Kylo Ren. It's Adam driver and Adam driver's performance. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, my attachment to Lando is in large part Billy D. Williams. You know, they're it's 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 an actor and a performance that really brings me in. And so, even the best Star Wars comic is going to be an impression. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, in in some way, not to diminish it in any way, but you know, whereas you know, if you're reading a Spider-Man comic, you know, Spider-Man's from there. <laughs> You know, Tom Holland is doing an impression mm -hmm. of Spider-Man. Charles Soule in this book is doing an impression of Mark Hamill. Um, and so maybe that's a little part of it as well. And I, But even then, I, I have no, no hope whatsoever that we'll ever see Adam Driver in this story. I don't think that will happen. But even casting someone else or something, I don't know. I don't know. Book boys. You know? Poboyspodcast at gmail.com. Um... God, what do we even have going on next week? I don't even want to think about it. 